0: Welcome to On the Island, a podcast pretty much about Survivor all the time. <laughs> we did everything you're not supposed to do in podcasting, and we had the hubris to think we could get away with it. I'm Taylor Gaines, your host, back for another week of Season 40, Winners at War. Just another great episode, I, if you've listened long enough you know that I am not just saying that Dalton Ross style. I actually thought this was another great episode in a great season of Survivor so far. And with me to talk about it as always, in childbirth you at least get a baby afterwards. But when I hit record on the podcast, all I get is Tyler B. Cummins.
1: it, Adam. I mean, Taylor. You stole my quote. <laughs> that, was the, that was the one I was going to throw at you. Oh, I have another one I could use. Nah. I mean, the other I the one want I want to share?
0: The other one I had was, he was just castrated in front of everybody. Tyler B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, that day hasn't come yet, so yeah, am good.
0: Tough week for our guy, Adam Klein. I don't know if this is necessarily the place to start, but he has had the most fascinating season of anyone so far, it's just with the ups and the downs and pure... Playing really hardness. <laughs> it's been fascinating to watch.
1: We definitely get that picture of like him working ten times harder than everybody else, but you know everybody else is working just as hard, but like incognito. I'm just trying to remember how I, he won, but like, did he play this hard when he was on his original Millennials Gen X season, or was it like under the radar? I'm just trying to remember what his game was back then
0: i remember him being more under the radar and then kind of emerging at the end and as the viewer we were rooting for him because of his late mother who i think had either passed away right before he came out on the show or like soon after and he didn't really pull that card out until final tribal but i remember him just being like subtle and strong but maybe I'm misremembering
1: no I mean I, I feel like that's what he was he wasn't the guy running around trying to make friends with everybody trying to do the edge of I'm sure he was management with or jury though. management yeah and and it's like it's so weird for me to see him playing such a high at least from the outside, a high energy game where it seemed like he didn't have the most high energy game. And as you alluded to, he had lots of stuff going on in his personal life. So I'm sure he's changed a lot in the last few years, but it's just, it's crazy to see his rocky up and down start to this game. And there certainly have been ups
0: too. Like he arguably saved himself later in this episode by Single-handedly carrying his team through one of the worst halves of a challenge that I've ever seen. And uh, we can maybe talk a little bit more about that later. But yeah, like, who knows what will happen for him going forward. He seems like he's not trusted, but he's getting a lot of airtime and he's doing a lot. So there's a lot we can talk about today. That Blue Tribe had been to council a couple times in a row. Things are getting pretty messy over there and in this episode they managed to pull off one of the bigger comebacks in an immunity challenge that I've ever seen on the other side we got to see the powerhouse red tribe finally go to tribal council and watch some of the game's greats face off in a way that was just just as thrilling in my book and for the first time maybe in history we got a great edge of extinction sequence.
1: Yeah, it took up like a quarter of the episode, but <laughs> I, I I really think, and I know I'm biased, this season struck gold recasting Ethan. Like, w- we just have to talk about that. Anything surrounding that dude is like super positive coverage compared to the absolute hellscape of whatever last season was. Like, to go from... <laughs> Last season, an unwanted touching to this season, like Ethan coming back from double bouts of cancer and nearly dying doing the longest or one of the longest tasks ever. Like it was, it's just a good story.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Ethan because in this episode, we got to see the four castaways on Edge of Extinction... Ethan, Natalie, with her three, now four, fire tokens. Mm -hmm. Amber and Danny compete, not compete, I guess, cooperate in a grueling challenge to earn a fire token where they had to go up and down a pretty big-looking hill, and I assume they haven't eaten in, like, 10 days. Yeah. (laughs) 20 times, and they had to carry a log down one log at a time. It was like exhausting to watch. I think I took a nap during it. And <laughs> they were just worn out. I guess Natalie sort of was worn out. She's a beast. But obviously, the, despite Natalie being the best at it, the highlight of the story was Ethan carrying himself through, you know, I guess what in his life is a
1: minor struggle. <laughs> yeah, everybody else out there, was just going through the motions and Ethan was taking a little bit longer than everybody with like I mean we got to respect the guy I just I'm I'm not going to harp on it enough but to see him continue to push through it's it's like the seri moments that we have where it's like she just got off off the couch one day and she did it and we cheer for it every time she finishes a challenge even if it's late or whatever it is seeing Ethan prevail after fainting after 16 bouts and medical coming to check on him it just it it warms your heart to see somebody that dedicated and somebody that loyal and somebody that loves the game and you know says he's watched every episode just to see him continue to push himself and better himself and then to have the three others on the island with him kind of make his last journey Alongside of him, like it just is a heartwarming moment. Uh, Some, something that makes this season really special. Should we change our podcast
0: name to like Ethan the Island? Dude, does, I'm all about it. Does that work?
1: <laughs> Z- we could just do Zon the Island.
0: Oh, there you go, Zon the Island. I didn't know if that was how it was pronounced.
1: Ethan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think yeah. It, it just was. It just was beautiful. I. I I want to shout out, especially because we've mentioned it a couple times this season, the production has just like stepped up in a way that's really cool. Jeff talked a little bit to Entertainment Weekly about the amount of prep work that went into making this work as a sequence of television and camera teams getting coverage on the ground with drones, audio set up so that you could hear Natalie and Ethan talking to themselves and breathing and medical (laughs) obviously being ready to go. And uh, Jeff specifically shouts out the editor, Andy Caster, who, although it was a long sequence, structured it into a pretty potent and powerful sequence, I thought. And the uh, composer, David Vanicor, who has been on fire this season, if you ask me. This is probably something we've never talked about on our podcast, and I didn't even know the composer's name until right now. But... (laughs) I just love the music that's happening. Like I'm a person who sits and listens to movie soundtracks when I'm at work because it just like makes me feel cool and fired up. And (laughs) there have been a lot of great music soundtrack moments during this season.
1: Well, and to speak to this, it wasn't during that Ethan challenge, the entire Edge of Extinction challenge. I'm just going to call it the Ethan challenge. (laughs) During the, the regular challenge where we talk about Adam's triumph. They did that moment where you think he's gonna succeed, and then ended up being a failure again. You know the buildup, yeah. and then the, the like the dead silence, and like like you're saying, the composer just is is doing an excellent job, and and really the whole staff, like Jeff was saying. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This episode was a lot about
0: trying and failing and just trying again, which is, you know, a, a, a lesson as old as time, <laughs> as far as like cliches go but I. it felt powerful in this episode just because we've spent so much time with these people over the years and we talked about this a little bit with the premiere but to see them all age and come back much older and less you know capable than they were in a lot of ways yeah. before to watch them struggle with things and persevere and keep fighting is like It's just really cool. And I I think it's why something like Edge of Extinction even is working on this season in a way it could never work on a rookie season because we don't know those people. So, you know, hats off. Like, I I can't believe I'm sitting here praising an Edge of Extinction thing, but (laughs) it worked for me tonight.
1: Yeah, it's definitely got the entertainment factor that it was missing the first time around. I'm still a little scared about how playing back into the game i hope they don't do it at like five again i'm, I'm yeah. worried about history repeating itself in some sense in that way um but i will at this point give praise because edge of extinction is not just a waste of time with re memes and whatever else last time it was like it is there's sus- substance sustenance <laughs> not really sustenance they only get a little rice And Natalie just accruing a small fortune of fire tokens.
0: (laughs) I think really the only problem they'll run into is sort of the basic problem with it, which is the episodes aren't long enough to sustain it. And I felt that a little bit in this episode. Like, if Red had won again, and, and I guess maybe they would have structured it differently if this had happened, but if the Red Tribe had won again, we would have made it through four episodes having seen like almost nothing of the Red Tribe and it would have been pretty disappointing. But instead we got the last like 20 minutes of the episode devoted to them, which was helpful.
1: Yeah, it's been good to get to know. I mean, we've we've had the Rob spotlight this entire season. We even got some of that this episode. But yeah, it, it definitely helped to change things up to let us... I mean, we know who all these people are because they've won, but it's good to see that it's not happy go lucky. I liked the arc of this episode where everybody was like happy and friendly and saying everything's going great and then, you know, it ends up one of them has to get voted out. So seeing seeing that change from happy go lucky we're all best friends in the first 2 minutes to blindsiding and kicking someone out, it's it's always a fun edit and it's fun to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about them because we've talked a lot about the blue tribe for the first few weeks of this podcast. This was the first time we really got to see where the lines were going to get drawn on this group. And ultimately it wasn't very complicated.
1: No, no, you really had um, Tyson had his, you know, typical line of like, it feels too easy. It feels too safe. And you're like, Oh, Tyson's going, but it, it was just a straight, a straight, breakdown i I thought it was interesting in tribal them all talking about facades being put up so people don't really know what everybody thinks but that was almost a facade in itself yeah i
0: found it interesting because it was this split second of like maybe this could go anyway and it, it really felt like sandra and tony were being pretty definitive in their last second interviews of like we really should keep tyson in but ultimately it wasn't even close, and it wasn't even close in a way that Nick even felt comfortable just throwing a vote at Kim for no reason.
1: Well, did Nick know what the vote was? Because he seemed to me like he was on the outs.
0: Yeah, I I guess ultimately he must not have felt very comfortable with what he knew, because we saw footage of them basically telling him that they were going to vote out Tyson. Hmm. But clearly he didn't trust that very much at least to the extent that he even thought Tyson had an idol and it was just kind of strange he he seemed they talked a lot about being starstruck in the tribal council but he seemed legitimately kind of starstruck and hmm. hopefully he got through this and can kind of develop from it I don't know what was your take
1: I think for Nick in particular. So this is what I want to say about that whole tribe and the way they were talking and the way they were handling things. And probably when you come into an all winter season and you win over and over and over, minus one, you're going to be confident. But it seemed to me like every single person on that tribe thinks that they're a huge threat, if that makes sense. They've all won, but this team, maybe because they didn't have the hardship early on, like everybody seemed confident, which led to... People like Nick not feeling confident. Does that make sense? So, like, I don't think Sandra's ever going to not feel confident a day in her life, or Tony, (laughs) or Tyson, or maybe even Sarah. I don't know. We get to see a lot of her. And it's interesting to see that everybody can feel confident. Nick can sniff something wrong, but not be the one that gets blindsided. And I, I thought that I think that's what's interesting about this tribe is just how on Cloud Nine they all were. It seemed like they had not been playing it, it seemed like there hadn't have been conversations or really alliances drawn at any time prior to them losing that challenge at least from my perspective that's what it felt like was happening when they went into tribal
0: just those lines being drawn
1: yeah it felt like they they didn't have a preset thing up until you know the few hours before tribal after the challenge when you gotta run around and figure out exactly what's gonna happen yeah,
0: I think they all sat and thought, oh, we'll just take out Tyson. And then when the moment came, they were like, should we do this? And ultimately they did. But like like you said, it, it it's a group of people who are very confident for the most part. And I actually think this is a group that I'm more interested in than the other group, even though both of these tribes are loaded. I find it easy to root against Robin Parvati on the other tribe for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also people that I'm just in the past have been more indifferent about on the blue tribe too, where like Ben hasn't impressed me as a player. We've talked about Michelle a lot, obviously like stuff that I I would not be as like crushed if people were sent out. But like on this tribe, Sandra and just watching whatever she's going to do is always fascinating. We love Wendell, (laughs) obviously friend of the pod. Yule is like, just, I like him more and more every week. We love Sarah. Mm-hmm. Tony's great. Nick is great. It's just like a tribe where I don't want to lose people. In fact, here's my hot take, Ty. I don't know if this is that hot or not, but I feel like we Go lost the one person that I didn't really like at all on this tribe. I find Tyson like kind of condescending and annoying. So <laughs> I was like, cool, let's get rid of him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that Tribe suffers from personality loss when you lose someone like Tyson because, like you said, you've got Sandra, maybe the biggest personality ever to play this game, Tony, one of the craziest people to ever play, Sarah, who's some reason in Cops RS, like Nick, who everybody loved. and it, it, Yeah, Yule is, Yule is getting one of those fascinating edits where I'm not convinced he's going to win, but he's one of the people that is like breaking down exactly what's happening he's not getting like the christian hubiki where you think he's got the chance to win but he's getting that one where he's like oh i'm the narrator at least for this tribe i'm the narrator of the season so far
0: it's fascinating to watch people go under the radar with this group of people because like we know how good wendell is and he's just kind of skating along no one's really talking about him obviously yule is impressive but like We've yet to see a target even turn in his general direction, mm-hmm. and even someone like Sandra, who is bar none like one of the best survivor players of all time and is constantly a threat to just make things go crazy, has like barely been talked about as far as actually voting her out and I was wondering how you felt about her strategy in particular, which is basically just. I'm going to keep saying as long as it's not me, it's fine. And, and sort of stay out of the way, even stay out of the way as far as challenges are concerned. Uh, <laughs> it, do you read this as more of the same from her or is this something different?
1: I feel like this is more of the same but kicked into overdrive because I don't know. And, you know, you, anyone can correct me. I don't know that she was as openly saying to the people on her tribes in the past, as long as it's not me, I'm okay with it. But now I think she's like planting that info in people's heads and saying, hey, I'm going to use that to build an alliance of, well, as long as it's not me, then I don't really care who it is. And like people are buying that. I, I, I don't know. I don't recall her ever saying that to a person face-to-face, like, up front. But I think she's using the same strategy, but, like, in evolved form, like, the next level. Yeah, it
0: just seems like she's really trying to get attention off of herself. Like, to the extent that people will think she's not even a threat, she doesn't even do challenges. And (laughs) I could see her turning this into, like, her at Final Tribal having not really done anything but still just kind of been around and just saying, like, I had to play like this. I've won twice, and you guys didn't vote me out. Why, why am I here? Like, I could see her working this to her favor. And knowing her, she might just have a plan where she's going to play the first half of the game like this and then, like, do something crazy in the other half of the game. I I just I don't think she's been getting enough credit over the last few weeks because of how prominent Rob has been for how how well she's skated under the radar. Like, even in this episode, Tyson, I think, was talking to Tony and said, you and I are the biggest two threats, and then after us is Sandra. Like, the fact that she's, like, not even in the top two on her tribe is crazy.
1: Yeah, but I think that goes back to my earlier point, is everybody on that tribe feels like they're the biggest threat. Like, they don't buy into the CBS hype of... yeah. Island of the Idols with Rob and Sandra being these two that are just leagues above everybody else and I think that that's Partially what makes this tribe so entertaining is everybody Everybody's confident and everyone's loose and everybody's just playing fast and fun And then you know when you get to tribal it's like well crap We got to make a decision as long as it's not me as long as it's not me as long as it's not you and then they just talk to each other and it's like okay well Let's get rid of Tyson, because Tyson's a big threat for the same reason well, we all are. So Yeah, so what did you think of that decision? What do you think of Tyson? So, I I don't see Tyson as being as big of a threat as he thinks he is. I, I don't... Like you said, we haven't got to see a lot of that tribe. But to me, it doesn't seem like he's a workhorse in challenges it doesn't seem to me like he's the social glue that's holding that tribe together you know that would be like big octopus he did catch a big octopus but it it, like it just doesn't seem as big of a step to me as like tony climbing a ladder you know he's not like entertaining giving everybody something to laugh about he's not he just seemed to me like he was maybe a a guy that was too confident he just expected things to go well for him and so for that reason like it's hard when you don't see tribe dynamics for a few weeks and getting rid of him if truly it's tony tyson and sandra as the top three you might as well take out one of the top three because That's just going to get you one step closer to making the merge, to making Final Tribal, to making your pitch to the jury. So getting rid of him seems like a smart move, but personally, as a viewer, as a fan, I don't see him as big of a threat as maybe he sees himself.
0: Yeah, and I think ultimately, though, it probably does come down to the fact that he just had connections on the other beach that were really clear, and it just felt too dangerous, and they were right because the tribe swap is about to happen next week apparently to take action so quickly i think i mean what do you think of number three in that group you just talked about which is tony who other than adam might be having the most interesting season so far because he's someone who's known to just be wild
1: and he's been so quiet He's he's definitely reining it in, but you gotta remember the fact we haven't seen him have to build a spy shack. He this is the second one they've yeah. Well, this is the second one they've lost. Like all we've got to see is entertaining, fun Tony, and he's playing that up. I mean, he said in the first episode he he gets in trouble for running around and being crazy. He's not gonna do that, and unlike ben struggling on the other tribe to figure out a social game tony has a social game and i think that automatically sets him up as a problematic player going forward now when like you said we see the tribe shuffle i'm curious to see what people think of him but it's he's a player to me that i don't i don't see him as one of those top three but then if you run through that tribe like why not? Why not him in the top three? That that yeah. that's that's where I am with Tony. I think Tony's playing his game, but I think he's playing his game with his personality toned back a little bit, and I think that that's really, really helping his chances, especially with the edit we've seen so far.
0: I should probably clarify that when you say problematic, I think you mean he just could be dangerous um, in a good way. Just yeah. something something worth pointing out after. Last season, when we discussed a lot of actual problematic things,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not painting a target on his back like some of his previous returning seasons he has done.
0: Yeah. So, what do you make of some of the quieter people in this tribe, particularly Sophie, Kim, and arguably Nick? Until this episode, uh, I mean, we Wendell too. Although we've talked about him a little bit, like that group has is just has been kind of really under the radar especially for a winter season and i don't really know what to make of them particularly i mean i know what i think of of like wendell and nick because i watched their seasons but like in the context of this group i don't know what to make of that those people
1: yeah i think we're not getting a very clear picture of their games i think we're getting to see sophie a little bit we're getting to hear her thoughts on decisions being made i don't know that she's a driver um, if you want to borrow the passenger pilot metaphor from last season, she definitely feels like a passenger so far. But I don't necessarily think that being quiet in the beginning in a season of all winners is a bad thing. You haven't heard their names be called. You haven't heard them called out. You know, Like you said, Nick, who we haven't heard a lot from, his name was sent out there. Why wasn't Kim's? Why wasn't Sophie's? And I think that that's a positive thing for them and i'm curious to see when tribes get switched up and when they finally merge to one tribe if they're still there then what is their game going to be like i know a few weeks ago we said the playoffs started day one but i i want to see those people under the radar how are they going to adapt and things start going poorly for them because you don't have to strategize when you win every week and if you stay under the radar you're not going to be one of the people that go home on that off Chance like Tyson. So I think that Sophie and Kim just need to keep their heads down for a, l- a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, and obviously the shakeup next week will dictate a lot of what happens next and who goes where. So we'll keep an eye out for that. I think by way of transition to what happened over on the Blue Tribe, we can talk a little bit about the immunity challenge, which obviously is something we don't do a lot, but like I c- can't remember a comeback quite like that. Like it looked like the red tribe was almost done with their puzzle and Adam was still struggling to get the key off the thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, next thing you know, Rob and Michelle getting some redemption for their recent puzzle performance. were are uh, finishing things off. It was just crazy.
1: It was, it was really exciting. I think one of the funniest things um, you talked about the entertainment weekly interview, with Jeff in that interview, he was also saying like, "Well, he thought the challenge was over, and he was already preparing his thoughts on what he was gonna say as the tribes were leaving and all this stuff." And then the comeback happens, and and like we said, uh, this was the funny thing because as the tribe was. Or not as the tribe. As the challenge was beginning and you had the swimmers and you had the people in the boat, I was sitting here thinking, if you gotta jump off and grab someone, why don't you have Jeremy or Tony or like somebody big and tall in the boat that's able to do it? Because I think that was really their only yeah. downfall is they put the four strongest people, the biggest, the swimmers, they put those people to drag the boat, but then you leave three small people and Adam got all three of those for that team
0: yeah I think which, that kind of went overlooked in the episode like Denise and Parvati just tapped out
1: yeah they couldn't they just didn't have the ups and Adam really didn't and I don't know if the strategy <laughs> did change at one point I heard someone say go for the buoy, not the key and then the, maybe that helped I don't know but it was it was uh, one of the more exciting challenges in a long time and it's good to have a genuine comeback that even TV didn't have to make it look close from interviews it actually was really close
0: and we mentioned this it was really important that the red tribe lose a challenge to like kind of bring this season back into equilibrium a little bit because Mm -hmm. otherwise it would have been I believe nine people on the red tribe and six on blue uh, whereas now it's eight seven, which is a lot more doable. Does it annoy you to watch challenges you know that you could do? <laughs>
1: um, I've always felt that. So like I, <laughs> I'm not a person who likes to pat myself on their back, but I'm genuinely more athletic than most people I come across. And I should note that to, Ty is
0: just flexing at me while he's saying this.
1: <laughs> when I watch people do challenges and are just oh, bad at it, I just get a little bit upset. And I do Uh-oh, get annoyed Ty's now, doing a the handstand. puzzles. I don't think I'd be good at puzzles, but I think I would be pretty good at jumping off and grabbing.
0: Ty, you don't need to twerk key. on the wall. I believe you.
1: God. Is, is that even a workout? Does that even take <laughs> athleticism? <laughs> I mean, it
0: does for you to keep the mic where you've kept the mic the whole time. I won't say where.
1: That's true. Holding it in my (laughs) offhand is one-handed push-ups. Yeah, so we
0: talked a little bit about the other tribe that that came back and won there, but they are just a mess. I, I think, like, ultimately it's kind of simple where it's Rob and Parvati versus everyone, but the... Way they were working in the challenge together, and the the way they are on the beach, where Adam's kind of all over the place, and <laughs> I just didn't have high hopes for them. And they needed a swap right now, so hopefully some of them can rebound a little bit. I, the only two I've felt pretty good about, I think, are probably Jeremy and Michelle, and I think you could argue that Denise has been pretty under the radar too but other than that like ben's been poor rob and parvati are obviously on the the downside and adam's had a wild game so what do you make of that group
1: it seems to me like uh jeremy and michelle it, it, there's no clear majority in that tribe anymore it, it seems like a bunch of free agents you have jeremy and michelle you have parvati and rob and then it feels to me maybe with the exception of Denise but like you said she's under the radar we haven't heard enough it seems to me like everyone else on that tribe is a free agent so it does feel super disjointed like you don't know exactly where the vote's gonna go who's gonna align with who this time and I I think that they are all with the exception of maybe Parvati and Rob which it, it almost appears like they may be split up Um are ready for something to be shuffled to figure out where they actually stand in the game. I think it's going to be good. I mean, I have
0: yet to be disappointed in an episode, which is rare for the first few of a season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been one of the most fun seasons in a long time. Um, To pull a quote from uh, Riley McGatty on The Ringer, He said, right now, Winners at War is hitting all the right notes. The level of gameplay is high. The character moments are great. The challenges have been wild. Every episode has been special. Rob Parvati, Sandra, three of the most iconic plays ever, somehow still in the game. As a sentence I thought I'd... uh, That's a sentence that I didn't think I'd be able to type three weeks ago, much less one that I thought would end up as a footnote in an article written four episodes in. So, yeah, like so far, this season has been just bananas and fun and all over the place and I'm with him why are Sandra Parvati and Rob still alive it doesn't make sense
0: yeah I think it's McAtee because I've heard him say it on a podcast before but okay yeah it's it's good stuff uh I just man I I'm I can't believe how much of it is left it's so exciting
1: yep we're almost we're almost to March Madness we're getting there oh man all right well let's get to power ranking madness Ty
0: All right. Week number four, episode title, I Like Revenge. (laughs) We talked through it all. Who is your number three player for the week?
1: Number three is the same that I had last week, Natalie. She crushed her (laughs) Edge of Extinction challenge. She's got another fire token, and I don't know when she can buy her way back into the game or compete for a challenge, but... Uh, currently she's not going anywhere and she's still in really good shape and uh, it seems like she's actually bonding with people too which is good for her so now at least I'm on the edge of extinction in a season that I fully don't understand is my number three
0: my number three is Yule this was kind of a moment of truth for my support of Yule to see if he was in as good of a a position as I thought because he's been smart reading the room keeping himself under the radar but also dictating exactly what's happening and i was excited to see during tribal council that that was the reality his group came in and just wiped the floor with tyson and nothing to pin on him at this point i i just like him i, I guess you could probably credit any number of people for that vote but for me it's all about it's all about yule right now
1: yeah and i'm on the same page i have yule at number two um like you said like we've been saying this entire episode, the way that he's narrating the season and being able to break down everything, it does seem like in his little uh, band of merry men that he's kind of the voice that is leading the charge, but in a quiet way. So I think he's in a good spot.
0: All right. Well, my number two, as I continue to eat crow from recent seasons, is Michelle. I think I've... I wanted to credit someone on that winning tribe for the fact that they finally won (laughs) and put that person into my power ranking. So when I was looking at what was happening with that tribe, they highlighted Adam during the challenge, but it was hard to really give him credit given where he is right now. And (laughs) ultimately, Michelle was one of the two people who did that puzzle in like five seconds. And they showed a really interesting moment of her talking to Rob that I felt like was maybe nothing, but was maybe also a passing of the torch in some ways where (laughs) she said that her siblings didn't want her to come on the show again because of the blowback she got the first time. And Rob was just like, dog, if you win, you win. (laughs) And they've been highlighting that narrative of hers quite a bit so far. And she has, similarly to yule i think read her tribe really well and put herself in a position where no one's really looking at her and she's even teamed up with jeremy who initially was kind of grouped with the older people and she's helped dictate what's happening over there in a way that has proven that she's definitely good at survivor so she's my number two
1: wow the woman that stole it from aubrey you're gonna gonna let her down
0: hey and next week we're gonna see her with her ex-boyfriend yeah weird teaser we've talked about the fact that they're bringing personal life into this season more than usual and like it's just fully like text now it's not subtext at all
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you you have to when you have everybody just their lives go public and they become um like just celebrities nowadays which is weird even if they're (laughs) B-list, C-list, D-list, whatever. Like, they know and they go to events and they hang out with each other. So
0: We should say, if people don't know, it appears to have been a pretty simple mathematical equation to figure out who it was that she dated because obviously she hasn't referenced it so far, so people said, oh, it must be someone on the other tribe. And they looked at the other tribe, and the only guys that were there were Ewell, Tony, Tyson. Well, Tyson's out now, but Ewell, Tony, and Nick and Wendell and Yule and Tony were are already married Nick has been dating the same girl for a long time if you follow his social media this is all research other people did for me but I read about it and that leaves Wendell and then people found some pictures of Wendell and Michelle on Instagram and stuff so apparently they dated
1: well good luck to them trying to make it work well
0: that'll, she that'll she explicitly says ex-boyfriend in the episode so I don't think it worked
1: Well, yeah, but I'm saying I hope that it works out on the island for them. (laughs) All right. Now, after our longest aside from two to one, (laughs) number one for me is Tony. Mm. And I think that Tony, just all the reasons we talked about in this episode, he's, he's not shooting himself in the foot. He's being entertaining. He's playing his personal game really well wasn't on the wrong side of the vote he's still for some reason considered one of the top three on that tribe and i just think that he's handling himself better than he has on his other returning season
0: there you have it shout out to you ty for putting an edge of extinction person in your top three two weeks in a row it's the same
1: one <laughs> but you know
0: natalie at number three you at number two tony at number one My number three was Yule, number two Michelle, and you know what Ty, you inspired me. My number one, probably for the last time in Survivor history, which is why I felt obligated to do this, is Ethan. (laughs) Here's the thing about Ethan. He has faced down cancer. He has done so multiple times. (laughs) he is heavily involved in charity work around the globe he is kind he's funny he's smart he just like is better than a game like Survivor deserves like a game that's explicitly about lying to people and I just was like legitimately inspired in a way that usually doesn't happen for me on this show because the narratives are kind of trite. Like it's usually kind of like, well, I got divorced and now it's me on my own and it's time for me to make my way in the world. And they're like trying to get you to feel emotion and you're like, all right, come on. But like seeing how exhausted he was and listening to him, talk to himself and watching him like almost faint and get back into it and watching that other group of three people feel like they had to go do it with him, even though they were also dead. Well, not dead, sorry, (laughs) dead tired. Like just speaks to how awesome he must be. Like they were all just like, we got your back, dude. And then he gave a quote in an interview with entertainment weekly this morning, talking about how the doctors gave him a sugar tab. Did you read this? Yeah. They, they gave me water they gave me salt tablets and a sugar glucose tablet i felt i'd not say instantly better but i definitely felt better soon after they gave that to me and then what he says is for some reason when the doctor came in and started giving water i didn't think that was necessarily fair i didn't want to get the help unless everyone else was getting the help and (laughs) that's just not the way a survivor player thinks yeah round of applause Round of applause for Ethan. He's just—he's a better leader than we deserve, and we have to watch him sit on the elimination island.
1: I uh, yeah, you've heard me. I'm not. I'm not gonna continue to push Ethan. I think everybody's seen it now. <laughs> why he's been my favorite of all time ever.
0: Gosh, yeah, it's just. It's like that old saying ty you know the the ones who are most fit to lead they just don't even want to they just sit back and do what they gotta do get it done hats off Z- to you then <laughs> zon for president zon the island this has been zon the island episode four
1: <laughs> that's it i agree with your last point specifically everything else i disagree with on this episode
0: Perfect. Another perfect, <laughs> perfect episode. We'll be back next time to talk about the tribe swap week five and, you know, everything that happens therein.
1: How are you feeling, Ty? Uh, excited. How do you say uh, a sense of anticipation? I want to. I really want to see how. I want Wendell to come into the narrative since he and Michelle are the ones that dated I want to see him I will say I took a note Um, he didn't have a toothpick in his mouth at Tribal so I was actually worried Uh about him going home Um, it was really scary but that's what I most want to see I want to see people um, for those of us with recency bias I want to see the people like Wendell and Nick uh, getting their chance to play the game and tell their stories in this season more
0: all right well stay tuned we'll be back for more as the month of march rolls on this has been another episode of on the island we're just a little weasel that sneaks through the bushes and whispers right into your little ears i am taylor Gaines, and he's tyler b commons go rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever go find us tell us you like us and we'll tell you we like you back. That's the deal we promise to everyone. But we can never be as good as Ethan. So for now, goodbye and goodnight. bye So if you want to live here on the island, are you going to survive when you're going to be living a life on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island.
1: I'm not good at making these things up as well.